hey, let's get into this message today, winning the war in your mind. We are trying to win the war in our mind. How many of you feel like that you have a war going on in your mind sometimes. Like you, you, you want to do the right thing, but you're thinking the wrong things and you're just like battling with anxiety or depression or, or you're battling with, uh, with your kids and with anger or, or impatience, whatever it might be. You have a battle going on in your mind. Listen, I know that I have a battle going on in my mind all of the time trying to get everything done that I need to get done uh, and, and running the church and having a family and trying to have a social life of some sort. And we got this building thing going on. It feels like I got a lot of stuff going on in my mind and I'm trying to organize everything in there. And it feels difficult sometimes, even just on a practical level, there's a war going on in my mind, but it's also a spiritual battle. How many of you know that uh, what we see is not the only thing that's in this world? There's a spiritual realm as well. And there's a war that's going on for your mind and Satan and his demons are coming after your mind because he knows that if I can get to their mind, if I can change the way that they think, if I can change their mind, then I will change their life negatively. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, we are going to talk today about when negative thoughts invade. That's the title of the message today. When negative thoughts invade. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write that down. Hey, you'll have to excuse me too. I'm just getting over a sickness, so I might be coughing a little bit, but bear with me guys. So um, Paige last week, come on, can we give it up for Paige? She spoke last week, did an incredible job. I asked her on Saturday if she could preach. Actually, she volunteered. I, I was thinking about it, but I was like, I'm not going to do that to this poor girl. Make her preach with one day's notice. But she actually messaged me and said, hey, are you okay? Like, do you need me to preach for you? Because I really can. And I said, please, yes, that would be amazing. She did a great job preaching about uh, creating margin to win the war in your mind. How many of you know that you have to have margin in your life if you are running around like crazy, if you are not resting, if you're going from one thing to the next, from that thing to the next, from that thing to the next, there is no way that you can expect to have peace and comfort in your life and in your mind. It is simply not going to happen. That's why God calls us to have a Sabbath and a rest. And we talked in week one and week two uh, about if you can change your mind, then you can change your life. It all starts with the mind. And there's these negative thoughts though that we have that sometimes creep their way in. And maybe you're a positive person and maybe you're a negative person. Come on, I wanna see, are you a positive person? Go ahead and raise your hand. All my positive people. Let me see, come on, come on, raise it high and proud. You're the positive person in the crowd and your family. Okay, that's me. Hey, I am naturally a positive person, that's cool. All right, where are my negative people at? Come on, where are you at? Loud and proud. Wow, you guys were way more proud about that than I expected. You guys, the negative people were like, yep, absolutely. I'm very negative and I'm glad to be here. Nice to meet you. All right. My goodness. I was not, I thought I was going to have to work to get the negative people's hands up, but no, you guys know it. All right. So, hey, listen, um, <clears throat> I am a naturally positive person, okay, which is, it's good news for me. And if you are a naturally positive person, it's good news for you. A lot of studies do show that positive people tend to live longer and happier lives. So all of you negative people, watch out. You know what I'm saying? 
You might need to switch up some things in your thought life, you know? But hey, for real, it's a good thing to be positive. And, and, and maybe you have like toxic positivity, which is sometimes not a good thing. Like you, everything's positive and you don't know how to actually grieve and how to have a bad day, right? Like all the negative people be like, hey, I got like four or five of those a week. I will teach you real quick how to have a bad day. Why don't you come sit with me and hang out for a little bit, right? Uh, so I'm naturally positive. Lindsay's a little bit more naturally negative. We balance each other out really, really well. I think having two positive people in relationships sometimes would just be real annoying, right? You know, just like, hey, how are you doing? Great. How are you doing? Great. Like everything's awesome. It's like, no, it's not, you know, like just stop. You guys are annoying. But then two negative people, I don't even want to know. Like if you are married to a negative person, you're also a negative person. Uh, we'll find some deliverance today. Okay. All right. We're going to need it. Um, but it's a good thing to be positive, to have a generally positive mindset. So for those people that do have that negative mindset, hey, maybe we can encourage you a little bit today to come out of that. And for you positive people, you feel like you have it all together. I can promise that there's probably a couple things that you can learn here today uh, with your mindset as well. So Proverbs 23, 7 says this, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. And we're going to review a little bit, but uh, this is basically saying the way that you think is going to determine who you are. I'll say it like this. What you think determines who you become. What you think determines who you become. And Pastor Craig Rochelle, he wrote this book, Winning the War, in your mind, that is what this series is based off of loosely. But I read the book myself and I thought it was incredible and I wanted to kind of take a different spin on it. But man, he had a great quote in this book that I wanted to share with you. It's your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life's always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so what I wanna ask you then, the natural next question uh, then is, what are your strongest thoughts? And are you happy with those thoughts? Are you happy with the way that you talk about yourself to yourself? Are you happy with the thoughts that you have uh, about boys and girls, you single people out there, right? You, you see somebody that looks uh, real attractive. Are you happy with the way that you think about that person or are you thinking lustful thoughts? You're not really happy with that. Are you not happy with how you talk about yourself? Are you down on yourself all the time? Are you, are you calling yourself a failure, whether it's consciously or, or subconsciously? How are you talking to yourself? What are your strongest thoughts and are you happy with them? Well, Philippians 4.8 says this, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. <clears throat> Paul instructs the church at Philippi to think about positive things. Anything that is worthy of praise. But you might say, hey, I'm one of those negative people and I struggle with this, all right? I struggle in my thought life to think about positive things. You, you might say, for me, it's whatever is not true, whatever is dishonorable, unjust, unpure, not very lovely, not very commendable, not excellent and unworthy of praise, that is more of what my mind and my thought life might look like right now. My thoughts tend to be more negative. They can be toxic sometimes, I know it, I know it. And I think all of us, whether you say that you're a positive person or a negative person, we all struggle with toxic stinking thinking sometimes, right? And 
maybe it's depressing thoughts. Maybe your thoughts are dirty and gross and you know it and they're anything but praiseworthy, Pastor, but, but I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be negative anymore. Well, I'm going to give you two steps today. One uh, is, is something that you do before and one is after you get negative thoughts. So the first one is this. It is proactive prevention. If you're taking notes, write this down. Proactive prevention. What does this mean? We want to proactively prevent negative thoughts from entering our minds by flooding them with positive thoughts regularly, right? It seems like it would make perfect sense. I don't even want the bad thoughts to happen. I'm going to stop them before they even get there by flooding my mind with positivity on a regular basis. Don't let them get a foothold in the first place. But here's the problem. We will surround ourselves with negativity and then expect our mind to be positive. And it's simply not going to happen. You cannot surround yourself with negative stimuli and expect your thoughts to remain positive. It is just not going to happen. And you cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. We know this. You want to change your life, you change your mind. So you say, hey, pastor, I'm going to have a positive life. I don't want to have some negative life. Okay, well, great. That's awesome. So now I need to have a positive mind. I know this. So that means that I need to surround myself with positivity and positive stimuli. So what does that look like practically? Okay, who are you allowing into your mind? That's the first thing I want to say as a sub point here. Who are you allowing into your mind? Uh, 1 Corinthians says this, do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals. Now, I think all of us have that one crazy friend, right? Maybe you don't have a crazy friend, and if you don't, then you might be the crazy friend for somebody else. Come on, somebody. But uh, we all have that one friend in our lives that, you know, is probably not the best influence, but they've just been there forever, right? Like they're just, oh, it's just John, you know, it's, it's just Susan, you know, like she's a little crazy, you know, not a great influence. And she does things that I definitely will. I would never know. I would not do those things, but you know, but she's, she's nice overall. She's a pretty good person, right? And you know who that person is in your life and they're generally not a good influence on you and yet you keep this person around for many different reasons we do that and, and you know that when you get with this person you are not actually going towards Christ but your thoughts become more negative your thoughts become more dirty you start to think of people in a worse way because you get together and you start gossiping and talking trash about people and you're like you get home and, and, and your spouse is like that's not even you like what are you doing like you're so different when you're with this person and you know who that person is in your life. But the Bible says, do not be deceived. Don't deceive yourself. That bad company in your life will ruin your good morals. Why is that? Because of another verse, Proverbs 22, 24 through 25. It says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered or you may what? Learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. What does the Bible say? This is just one example. It's saying, hey, don't associate with somebody that's hot-tempered, but you could put any kind of sin in there, anything. You could replace it with any kind of sin. Don't associate with somebody that has lustful thoughts and talks bad about women or men. Why? 
because you will learn their ways and you will eventually do the same thing as them. You will learn their ways. Come on, how many of you know that your friends will determine your future? If you show me your friends, I will show you your future. It's a great leadership quote and it's there for a reason. It's because it was derived from biblical principles. If you surround yourself with negative people, guess what you will become? Somebody say negative. Negative. So get in good company. Get around people who are going to lift you up instead of tearing you down. Listen, that is one of the greatest reasons why I would encourage every single person to come to church on a regular basis. There are so many reasons why we need to gather together. Number one, it's commanded in the Bible. But listen, just from a practical standpoint, the more often that you get around God's people, the more often that you get around people that are like-minded, that have, that have kindred hearts, that love God, that love their families, that love their kids, and that love you, how do you think that you're eventually going to become? You are going to become somebody that learns to love God, love their family, love their kids, love the house of God, and your heart and your mind is going to become better simply by proximity, being around other people that think the same way. That's why we need to get into the body of Christ. That's why we need to attend church regularly. Just that start to your week, getting into church every Sunday or as often as you can anyway, and getting around people who love Jesus. Man, there is no better way to start my week than to being with all of you guys. Come on, somebody say, aw. I love you guys. It was so sad missing y'all last week. It really was. Anyway, okay, so hey, get in church and be around people. I mean, get in a small group. We're about to start rad groups next month in February. Our rad groups will start up again. I encourage you to get into a group, uh, people that are your age, your stage of life that can lift you up, encourage you throughout the week as well. So get around those kind of people and I guarantee you, you will watch your thought life start to change. So that's who are you letting into your mind? And the second sub point would be, what are you allowing into your mind? What am I putting into this brain of mine? Now, uh, there is a psychiatrist, it's Joaquin Radua, and he said this, I said, the best predictor for having lower anxiety and depressive symptoms during the season of COVID was to avoid watching too much news. Study found that those who avoided too much stressful news had fewer symptoms of anxiety and depression. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this, but back in 2020 and 2021, uh, the world basically was on fire, okay? It was pretty crazy. I don't know if you remember that or not, but um, so it was crazy. There was so much going on, so much negativity, and it really felt like that, that you know, this is something we had never experienced before. It was so difficult. We never walked through anything like this together and there's just so much negative news. There's a term that they actually coined called doom scrolling. Do you know what this means? Doom scrolling, I remember because I did it all the time and it was not good for my mental health where you just started scrolling through. You're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok, or you're just scrolling through articles, whatever. Um, and you're just reading all of the news in relation to COVID every single day. Many of us did that. We were trying to be updated with the new variant or be updated with what's going on in New York or LA or here, or, or what's the new guidelines for our area. We're looking at the numbers for how many people have COVID in Hayes County right now. And, and we're looking at all these things and, and we're going through it and we're scrolling, we're scrolling and scrolling. And what happens to your mental mental health as you do that, it goes, 
absolutely crashes. And I can guarantee that some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, what I'm not saying is that you don't, that you just push all news aside and just get rid of everything and just not be informed about anything that's going on in the world. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what is an unhealthy thing to do is to allow that negative news negative stuff because we all know the media what is their job their job is to get they are trying to get headlines that you will click on and that you will continue to read more and more and more facebook instagram social media all of them every news outlet their job is to hook you with whatever they can and they will get you usually more often than not with negative headlines almost always outperform positive news almost always why is that because we're a sucker for it, that's why, and they know it. And we'll click on it and we'll go through it and we will go through it until our mental health absolutely crashes and burns. And I remember there was times during COVID, I had to, I just had to unplug. I had to put my phone down and say, hey, listen, I can't do this anymore because all of this negativity is making me anxious. It's making me be more negative in the way that I'm thinking about people and thinking about the news. I'm not hopeful anymore. And, and, and I, I'm just being totally honest. There was a season where I felt like I was losing hope and, and maybe you felt that way too. And, and that's not who God calls us to be though, amen? God calls us to be full of hope and we're not supposed to be anxious, but we're supposed to take everything to God with prayer and supplication, like believing that God is a healer, believing that God is in control of all things. We're supposed to have faith and yet this negative news was seeping, it was taking away faith out of me and taking hope out of me. Man, I said, I gotta put this thing down. So surrounding yourself with negative news, not gonna be good for you. Social media, we already talked about it. Listen, it has a massive impact on your mental health, especially young people. If you are a young person in this room, Gen Z, come on, young millennials, whatever, whoever you might be, get off of social media every once in a while because it has a massive impact on your mental health. Why? Because we try to curate all of our best moments and everybody is trying to curate the best moments that they have in their life and that's what they post. And I don't blame you, I do the same thing, right? Like we all do it, it's just, it's how we operate. We wanna show everybody the cool place that we're going. We wanna show everybody, oh, like looking super cute, you know, like on this beach, whatever, whatever. And then you have this great trip or, or maybe you got a new car or you have this amazing relationship right now, but really behind the scenes, you're fighting all the time. But like, you guys look super cute in the picture, right? You know, like no one else knows that though. And so you let other people's fiction determine your reality. You let other people's fiction and it's not even their real life and it actually affects your own reality and the way that you think about yourself. So watch out, maybe you deal with that. Maybe you need to take a break from social media so that you could proactively uh, stop those thoughts. And then movies and music, of course, these are two things we have to talk about. I'm honestly shocked sometimes at the movies and the shows and the music that people that say that they are Jesus followers listen to, okay? It is shocking, all right? If you are putting trash into your head, it will come out, amen? Do I need to say anything else about that, all right? Audit what you are putting into your life, into your spirit, because the more trash that comes in, you can expect that there will be more trash that will come out. I wish I didn't have to say it, but I do, all right? There we go. So you might be saying, okay, proactive prevention, I'll do these things, of course. Who am I letting into my mind? What am I letting into my mind? But what happens, Pastor Trevor, 
when those thoughts are already there, when I already have negative thoughts and it's too late for the proactive prevention, I done messed up, I didn't do it, I watched an awful movie or I'm listening to terrible music, I'm having bad thoughts, I'm, I'm letting somebody influence me and the thoughts are, are invading, negativity is there, anxiety, depression, all this stuff is there. What do I do when those negative thoughts are already in my mind and it's too late to proactively prevent them? Well, Martin Luther says this, he's one of the great fathers of the faith. He said, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. I love that. You can't keep them from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Translation, you can't control every thought that floats into your head, but you can do something about it once it gets there. Like you're not gonna be able to control every little thing that you think. And, and I struggled with this for a long time that if I had a thought that was negative or that was bad or whatever it might be, I would beat myself up about it because I'd be like, oh my gosh, why am I thinking that? Take that captive obedient to Christ in the name of Jesus. You know, like I'm getting so mad at myself because I had this thought that popped into my head. Listen, you cannot always control every single thought that pops into your head, but what you can control is what you do with it once it gets there, right? Are you going to ruminate over it? You're going to marinate that thing a little bit. You're going to let it sit there for a little while. You're going to give it a couple of minutes to think about it. Or are you going to attack that thought in the name of Jesus, make it obedient to Christ, expel it from your brain and replace it with something that's Holy Spirit driven like Paul was saying. Hey, think about something pure. Think about something commendable. Think about something that's holy. Don't think about all these other things. Maybe you need to take captive that thought as quick as you can and expel that thing. But you know what we end up doing? We let those thoughts hang out for a little bit. We just let them sit there for a while. And maybe, we, maybe the thought goes away, we don't really think about it again, but then it comes back a little bit later and, and we still don't do anything about it. The birds come back and they bring a little twig with them this time, right? And then we don't do anything about it again. It's just like, ah, whatever, you know, but then the birds come back and they bring another twig. And before you know it, they're building a nest in your head. And now there's more birds that are coming. Now they're laying eggs. And now you got all kinds of these birds up in your hair, all right? And now you don't know what to do because these thoughts have overtaken your mind, so what do you do when those thoughts are already there? Number two, we have proactive prevention, but number two is reactive renewal. We are going to reactively renew our minds. How do I take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ? I have two sub points under this as well. Number one is have a plan. Number one, have a plan. Ben Franklin said this, if you don't have a plan, you are planning to fail. If you don't have a plan, you are planning to fail. Listen, you have to have a plan for when these thoughts invade, whether it's from you, a thought that comes from you, or whether it's a thought that comes from Satan and his demons trying to get at you and trying to take your mind away from you. Listen, I don't care where it comes from. You need to have a plan for what you do when it gets there. Um, there's a few practical things that you could do. And this message is gonna be really practical here at the end because I wanna empower you with tools to help you as you go throughout this week. Uh, if you have negative thoughts, I want you to start practicing these things when you get home, all right? So one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got from a pastor of mine is he said, if you are having negative thoughts, whatever it might be, if you're having uh, uh, thoughts, negative thoughts about yourself, 
If you're having anxious thoughts, if you're feeling depressed, if you're having lustful thoughts, if you are angry, if you're being impatient, I don't care what it is. If you're having a negative thought, one of the best possible things that you could do, if you're being tempted in any way, one of the best things you can do is just turn on the Bible app and let the Bible just start reading over you. And that piece of advice changed my life. It really, really did. And I know it sounds cheesy. I know it sounds just this practical piece of advice. But let me tell you, when you are dealing with depression or anxiety and you're having these negative self thoughts or whatever it might be, and, and you know, hey, I have a plan when this happens. I'm gonna attack these thoughts. These thoughts are not from God. I'm gonna replace it with the Bible. I'm gonna replace it with God's word. And you start turning on God's word, maybe on some Psalms. And David is just praising God and saying, you know, like you make a table before me in front of my enemies. You know, like God, you are there. You are my provider. Like David just praising God, you know. Turn, some, turn on some Psalms when you're feeling down. And I guarantee you that will start to lift your spirits and you will be replacing those negative thoughts with Holy Spirit empowered thoughts. That is pure. We're gonna think about something that's lovely. That is a holy thought right there. Turn on the Bible app. If you don't have a Bible app, man, get one on your phone. And anytime you deal with that thought that comes back and it's a recurring thing in your life, maybe it's a temptation, maybe it's just a, a negative thought in your life, turn on that Bible app and it's really, really difficult to not listen to what it's saying, right? Everything else in your brain kind of just calms down and now you're focusing in on what it's saying. Even if it's just for two to three minutes, I guarantee it will change your life and it'll change your thought life very quickly. The next thing I would encourage you to do is to pray. I know it seems super basic, but I'm telling you, if you have negative thoughts in your life, you have to know that the plan is when I have this thought that pops into my mind, I am going to pray. And you have to just kind of pre-decide that you're going to do that. Because if you don't have this plan beforehand, then you're gonna let that bird come back and bring a friend with another twig, all right? We know this is how we are, right? This is how we operate. If we don't have a plan to attack that thought and make it obedient to Christ, take it captive, there's that element of captivity. You have to actually grab a hold of that thing and take it captive, put it in prison, and then throw it out. You can't just sit there and say, well, I hope that this thought goes away. No, attack that thought, attack that sinful thought. That's not what we wanna do. We wanna make sure we have Holy Spirit driven thoughts. So pray, go after God in that moment and seek his face. And as you seek his face, I really do believe that the other problems and the thoughts that we have in our, in our mind and in our hearts take a backseat to whatever God is doing in that moment, amen? Number two is practice positivity. Practice positivity. So we are going to have a plan and we're going to practice positivity. Now, this is something I think everybody needs to learn how to do. You can't practice positivity the way I'm going to teach you how to practice positivity unless you know the word of God. So I need you to get in the word of God. I need you to understand who God says that you are. I need you to understand like what God has already said. Because if you don't know the actual words of God, then Satan can convince you that what he's saying is the word of God. He can convince you that that is the reality, that you are a failure, right? Like you've messed this up too many times and you're just a failure. But if you don't know the word of God and you don't know how much God values you in your life, if you didn't know that God's a God of second chances, then how else would you know to take that thought captive and replace it with God's truth? So you need to get in the word of God so you can practice positivity. And this is how we're gonna do it. We're gonna replace the lie 
with the truth. We talked about this, I believe, in week one as well. But listen, if you struggle with alcoholism, you struggle with alcohol, <coughs> you say, listen, I'm not an alcoholic. I am free in Jesus' name because he who has been set free is free indeed. Amen? Come on, I ain't messing around with that stuff anymore. That's not who I am anymore. Thank you. You are just a gem sent from heaven today. Everybody give it up for Jessica. She's amazing. Come on. With the cap off and everything, she's been around church. Okay. Hey, I'm not an alcoholic. I am free in Jesus' name. Satan, you don't have a hold over me. I am a child of God. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the most high God. Come on, if I can have Pastor Tim or Sadie or somebody come on up here. We're going to close here in just a moment. Failure does not define me, but I know God's a God of second chances. And that's why Jesus came to die on the cross so that I could have a second chance. The Bible says that we're all sinners. Hey, so you know what, Satan? I'm just like everybody else, but Jesus died for me. And I'm gonna stand on that truth today that he loves me and he cares for me. I'm not a failure. I've messed this up. I've gone back into that same sin, that same temptation I've gone to time and time again. I've gone back into that same dark place in my mind with those negative thoughts and the way I'm thinking about myself or the way I'm thinking about others, the actions that I'm taking. And I could go down that route of being depressed and anxious and all this stuff and beaten on myself. But no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm going to lift myself up, lift up my own countenance right now with the word of God. I'm gonna turn on the Bible app and I'm gonna believe that God gives me a second chance today by the grace of God. I don't deserve it, but, I, but God has done it for me. Come on, like you just have to know that. You have to know the word of God well enough to understand what he says about you. I'm not weak. I'm strong. I can do hard things. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, that's an easy one for everybody to know. I can do all things, not some, not a few things, but I can do all things. So if I'm having uh, stinking thinking up here in my brain, I know that I can get rid of this stinking thinking through Christ, not by my own actions, not by me, trying harder to get rid of those thoughts, but I need to turn to Jesus in order to make it happen. I can change because Christ says I can. In Ephesians 4.23, it says this, and we'll end with this here today. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. If I could sum up this whole series into one verse, that's it right there. Ephesians 4.23, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. You have to invite the Holy Spirit of God to renew your mind and your heart, the way that you treat people, the way that you think. And if you would simply invite God into your life and make him first in your life, I guarantee you, you will start to see that your thought life changes in a positive way. Maybe there's some of you dealing with depression or anxiety. And I just wanna let you know next week, that's what we're talking about, is how to overcome depression and anxiety in your life. I'm gonna be very honest with you next week because I've never struggled with anxiety until I started this church. Never, ever, ever did I struggle with anxiety. I never had a panic attack in my entire life until after we started Radical. And so I'm gonna, tell you a little bit about that and some things that I'm learning and some, uh, some tips and things that I've been given from other pastors and people in my life that love God and that also even struggle themselves with some of these things. And I, it's just a universal thing that many of us deal with. But I wanna help you to get free from those things by the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, 
and throughout this week and then next Sunday, I believe it's gonna be a very powerful close to our series. So I encourage you, please come back if that's you, if you struggle with those thoughts. But listen, it all comes back to letting the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. You cannot do it on your own, but if you allow God to do it, it's gonna be way, way better for you in the long run than you trying to overcome these things on your own. How do we take every thought captive? We proactively prevent them from getting there in the first place. Guys, we're gonna make sure that we have positive stimuli entering our brain. Who are you letting into your life? Who are the friends and the family that you're allowing to speak into your life? What are you allowing into your eyes and your ears? What movies are you watching? What shows are you watching? What things are you allowing in? And then also we're going to reactively renew our minds by turning on the Bible out when that thought gets there. And we're gonna pray, we're gonna have a plan. I don't know what that looks like for you. You might put sticky notes all over your bathroom. Uh, you might have a, a tradition where you have you know, the Bible playing or worship music. Hey, have some worship music on around your house. It'll change the atmosphere of your house so quickly. It is incredible. It's so much more difficult to fight with your spouse when you got like, you know, Hillsong playing in the background. You know what I'm talking about? Like, great are you, Lord. And you're just like fighting over here about the dishes. You know, it's so much more difficult to do when you have that atmosphere of worship going on around you in your home. I don't know what you need to do to create that atmosphere and whatever that plan is for you, but you need to get with God and you need to figure it out because you can't afford to have a negative life. You can't afford to have a negative mind because God has so much more for you. He has a destiny and a plan and a purpose for each and every one of you. And you will not accomplish it if you let your mind continue down the path it's going. Your strongest thoughts are gonna determine the way that your life moves. So what are your strongest thoughts? If you don't like them, then we need to get rid of them and make them captive to Christ and replace it with something else today. Amen? Come on, let's stand up. I just wanna pray for you and ask that God would, would just kind of seal this word within you and he'd help you by the power of his spirit to get that plan, what that looks like for you going forward. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just wanna ask if, if this message has spoken to you at all today, um, in, in any way, you maybe feel like, hey, I, I'm still struggling. We've been in this series for a few weeks or maybe this is your first time here and, and you say, hey, I'm struggling with my mental health. I'm struggling with my thought life, um, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be anything in particular, just in any area. You say, Pastor Trevor, I am struggling in my thought life and I need to take my mind back and I need to take every thought captive. I wanna start learning how to replace that negative those negative thoughts. I want to replace those temptations with positivity in my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and just look up at me real quick? Okay, come on. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Many people. Are you can put your hands down? Come on. That's about half the room. Incredible. That's dealing with this. God, I just thank you for every person that's here. Every person that needs to replace the way they think with Holy Spirit-driven thoughts and attitudes. Ephesians 4.23, Lord, it says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. God, we cannot do this on our own. I need your help to renew my thoughts and my attitudes, God. And Lord, I ask that you would help me in this moment, Lord. Help everybody that's here that's saying, that, that's bold enough to raise their hand and say, hey, that's me. I need help. Jesus, would you help me? Holy Spirit of God, help me. Father, would you wrap your arms around me in this moment? I need help between my ears today. 
because we don't want to have a negative lifestyle anymore. We don't want to be dealing with these same temptations, these same sins, these same negative thoughts, that same anxiety, that same depression. God, I'm tired of it. I don't want to deal with this any longer. And so God, we're coming to you and we say, Lord, we're dropping it off at your feet. We're saying, Holy Spirit, would you fill me, fill my mind with holy thoughts, with positive thoughts. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, we will think about these things with your help today, Jesus. So Father, I pray for every person that raised their hand today. God, would you seal this right now in the name of Jesus. We declare freedom, wholeness over their minds, a renewal over their mind in the name of Jesus. We declare that right here, right now. Thank you, Lord. I'm gonna ask if there's anybody else here today that you might say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus and I, and I just feel that I, I need to do that today. I need to get right with God here in this place. My mind has been way gone. It's not even close to where it needs to be. And, and you know that it's because you've let that relationship with God uh, go dry and you, that communication has been cut off. Or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus before. I wanna give you the opportunity right here and right now to say yes to him. The Bible says we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And if you would just give your life to him and recognize that you're a sinner, that you need Jesus, you need a savior. But man, the best news is, is that he came down to this earth, died on the cross for your sins and for mine so that we could have life and life more abundantly. Hey, if you want to say yes to Jesus today, would you just raise your hand on the count of three and just look up at me real fast. One, two, three. Come on, look up at me. I see you. I see you over here on the side. Thank you guys. You can put your hands down. Is there anybody else? Come on. We want to give your life to Jesus today or you want to get right with him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. About three or four people today giving their lives to Jesus. Come on, let's pray all together uh, as an act of solid, uh, uh, together, let's do this. Come on, say, Jesus, I give you my life. I make you my Lord and Savior. I recognize that I am a sinner and I need you. I put you as number one in my life from this day forward. Thank you for dying for me on the cross and being raised again on the third day. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen. Come on, put your hands together. Three or four people saying yes to Jesus today. Come on, let's give God praise. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hey, thank you so much uh, once again for joining us. Uh, Radical Church today. I just want to uh, say thank you for, uh, if it's your first time, we want to connect with you. Please stop out and see me. I know there's a lot of new people today. We would love to connect with you and your family before you get out of here. So, hey, God bless you. We'll see you next week.